a lot of us as parents, for all of those that are listening, may have found themselves at the same crossroads that I found myself um, really staring down at and saying, is, am I willing to make a decision that will reflect my heart, that will reflect my inner fulfillment, that will reflect a version of me that I haven't lived up until now? Because the truth is that most of our lives have been lived externally, right? We've been living and running on this treadmill and checking off the boxes, hoping that all of the things that we are doing in the external world will bring us the joy, the freedom, the purpose, the aliveness that we wish to feel inside. So here's the big question. Have you ever been so financially frustrated from years of poor financial decisions only to wonder, why didn't they teach me in school anything about how to manage money? I've spent the last 20 years learning the secrets to how money really works and how to use it to get financially free on a goal to retire early. I've realized how much of an impact we could have on the world by teaching financial literacy, entrepreneurship, and a successful mindset. Join me as I interview some of the world's most successful business owners, coaches, and parents to get them to share their secrets on how you can not only learn, but teach these lessons to your kids to become financially free and impact your children's financial trajectory so they can avoid the frustration and go on to do great things. I'm Cody Laughlin, and this is the Money Talkers Podcast. Welcome back to Money Talkers. I have a special guest today named Ashley Avanashi, and she is a certified conscious parenting practitioner international best-selling author and founder of Raising Humanity. Ashley discovered through her own process, deep healing, and by way of her own children, just how important it is to take responsibility for ourselves and reclaim the joy, freedom, and aliveness we were all born with. Raising Humanity is a transformational development platform. It helps people recreate the foundation of beliefs based on their own values so that they can walk their most authentic path and support future generations in living theirs. Ashley believes that revolutionizing who we are as parents is the path to creating a sustainable humanity, which I think is an amazing idea. So first of all, I want to say welcome to the show, Ashley. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Fantastic. So I, uh, I have so many questions. And so one of the first ones I'd like to start off with is I believe that your why is probably the most powerful thing that um, drives us to, to success. And so what is the why behind creating, raising humanity? Mm. That's a big question, and it's one that I'm really happy to answer because I think a lot of us as parents, for all of those that are listening, may have found themselves at the same crossroads that I found myself um, really staring down at and saying, "Is am I willing to make a decision that will reflect my heart, that will reflect my inner fulfillment, that will reflect a version of me that I haven't lived up until now? Because the truth is that most of our lives have been lived externally right? We've been living and running on this treadmill and checking off the boxes, hoping that all of the things that we are doing in the external world will bring us the joy, the freedom, the purpose, the aliveness that we wish to feel inside. Now, I was doing all the things. I had achieved my financial dreams by my mid-30s. I was, I was really quite free. Um, I'd understood the notion of working hard. I'd come from an immigrant household. And all of these things were deeply rooted in me, how we commit to something, how we set intention. And we really show up with a, a pure um, sense of self in everything that we do. So it was beautiful and it all felt aligned 
in the moments that I was walking towards the financial success that I did come into. But when I had children, it really turned around. As I was looking at my children and still working 13, 15, 18 hour days at some times, I really started to see that connection was the one thing that my heart so much longed for that I didn't really have in my life. Yes, I was surrounded by a tremendous number of people. I had a great social circle, I had a big family, but the one thing that I didn't feel that I had come into was my own vulnerability. Am I willing to show up to my emotions? Am I willing to show up to my feelings? Am I willing to hold space for others in that, in their life process? Because I know that that is the foundation of connection. And that's what I really started learning through my kids is as I too was buying into this paradigm of be strong, keep it all together, hold it all together, don't show your emotions. I saw that I was also numbing that voice, that truth, those emotions in my children. And that was keeping them very anxious. We call it colicky here in the West, you know, based on our Western medicine paradigm. They were up through the night. They were sick often. There were a lot of symptoms that they were starting to show. And parenting was the one thing that I couldn't figure out. I thought, how is it that I've got the rest of my life right, but I can't figure out this parenting thing? Because I was sold on the idea that if I'm a good enough parent, that I'm parenting right, that my children will reflect that. But what they didn't tell you in the prenatal classes and all the books and all the workshops is that it really begins with connection to self. How well do you know yourself? How aligned are you with your truest values? How honest are you being about what's not working for you? So that was really the start of my journey to dig in deep and say, what is going on here that I don't actually understand, that I've been compensating for, that I've been running away from? And that five, six year intensive journey really, really brought me to a point where I was on my knees and saying, I've been doing this all wrong. For my human design, yes, but as I stood in parenting circles around the world, as I went down the route of transpersonal therapy, of conscious coaching, of all these different energetic modalities, I really came to see that I wasn't the only parenting struggling. There were parents struggling. There were so many other parents who felt to be in that same, um, uh, you know, prison of their own mind, that they can't get out, that their hands are tied, that there's no other way. And that's when I really started to see what was possible. It was when I broke down my own set of beliefs that was residing within my subconscious and started creating a reality that I actually wanted to exist in. And from that, Raising Humanity was born. I asked a big question and you gave a big answer and I love <laughs> it. So, um, I really liked that uh, you walked us through that journey because um, I think internally, um, just in my own observations that, you know, we don't want to speak up about our struggles in that realm mm -hmm. because one, you're supposed to be good at it. And two, everyone else looks like they have their stuff together. But mm -hmm. as I found the more, and it's the same thing as I started talking about money throughout my life that I found that everybody actually feels a lot of the same way. There's a lot, mm -hmm. if someone tells you they have all their stuff together, generally that's the one you need to be cautious of not the one who's mm -hmm. like dude i need help like i can't figure this out you know and it's it's that you start to talk of those things you become raw emotionally but we're scared to do those things right you know right. and that that opening up seems that like it's not only one therapeutic but two 
you're not just helping yourself, you're helping the other person who's like, somebody just talked to me about this stuff. Right? Mm, yeah, they recognize the humanness in me. And when we, when we really look at it, Cody, I so much appreciate what you do here. But the truth is, whether it's business, whether it's our personal relationships, anything that we take on in this lifetime is really a portal to our own growth. That is ultimately what we are here for. We are here to evolve. We are here to grow. We are here to be in our childlike wonder, our awe, our aliveness, our joy. So if what we're doing isn't bringing us that, there is something to investigate. And becoming aware, that awareness is really the entry point. If we're not aware of the source of the struggle, how can we possibly shift out of that energetic vibration, that frequency, whatever it is that we're feeling in that moment. I love that one of the first questions on your website is you have two different programs and I find them both fascinating and I want to talk about both of them. So, um, but I love that the first question right out of the gate is like, are you parenting right? And mm -hmm. I imagine that that just strikes people because I don't think, I don't know if anyone ever really feels that they're parenting right, right? Like there's oh. always something you could get better or I'm doing good enough or, you know, it's kind of like this feeling. And so I love that that kind of became the first question out of the gate. And so um, what has been the reaction to that? Like when you, when you, when you ask people that. Mm. And if I, if I have it correct, I haven't seen my website for a little bit, but uh, right maybe in quotations. <laughs> Yeah, this so is the, this is on the balancing that program, which is from yeah. parenting on autopilot to parenting. Beautiful. Autopilot, yeah, so. beautiful. So right, we put in quotations most often. And this is because we're really here to break down these old paradigms that have us believe that we need to behave in a certain way to fit in, to belong. Now, a lot of our work here at Raising Humanity really focuses on the first six or seven years of our existence when we're incarnated to this planet, we are born again with forgiveness, for accept with acceptance, with joy, with this ability to see beyond this sort of material realm, right? Just sense what others are sensing in their very conditioned um, perspective. And we are given a set of beliefs quite literally by our parents, by our caregivers, by our educators, by society, by culture, and we take that on because we realize in those first six years of life that if we don't comply, that our survival may be compromised. So what we are doing is we are learning that our love, our approval is dependent on us complying to the beliefs of others. If we don't do that, then we will recognize that there will be some resistance, right? Because we are already in flow as children. And what we start to normalize is this resistance in our lives as we learn more and more about the conditioned way of adults on this planet. I'm in fear, I'm in fear, I'm in fear, so I'm just going to keep taking on these limiting beliefs that keep me small, that believing that I, that I am not worth it, that I'm not worth the, you know, the financial security, that I'm not worth the big business growth, that I'm not worth getting my profound message out to the world. These are all beliefs that are instilled in us in a very young age. And we can simply take on those beliefs as a result of how our parents are living. They don't even need to be saying anything to us. They are simply modeling what is safe and what is possible for us to step into. Now, because the subconscious is wide open in those first six years of our lives, 95% of our beliefs are developed during those times. And this is what we often don't recognize as adults, is we are living with a set of beliefs that we haven't created in adult form, we've been given those beliefs in our childhood. 
Now, this isn't a blame game. It's not to say, oh, poo on you parents for giving us this. No, this is a reflection of our evolutionary cycle as humans. Our parents had access to a certain amount of consciousness, certain limited freedoms in their voice, in their truth, in their ability to come into community, in their access to these growth tools, right? Being able to speak out and saying, this isn't working for me, for women to live on their own and saying, this relationship isn't working for me. What's my truth in this moment? For parents to do things their own way and not fit in. This is all very new, right? In the last 30, 40, 50 years in the West, now it's being talked about. In the ancient world, this has been talked about for five, 6,000 years. Really? We navigate as per our truth. But in the West, we've come to such a threshold based on our thinking mind, based on our grasping, based on our attachments, that we are now having to consider that we are not these limited form beings that are only based on thought. So as adults, as we start to break that down and realize that, look, I'm at an edge. I'm really not functioning well. I'm not filled based on this formula of success that I've been sold on by society. I'm going to do some investigation here. It may be the relationship breakup. It may be the cancer scare. It may be another version of midlife crisis. But usually that, that, that dark well, whatever it may be that's triggered this investigation, this self-inquiry, is what has a circle back to recognizing that we weren't born as these fearful humans. We were actually born totally open, totally alive, totally well. So this parenting right notion goes back to are you living as your truest self on this planet and if you're not then there is no way that you can carve a path or clear the path ahead for your child to walk in their truth your child is not meant to be your puppet your child is not to reflect is not meant to reflect your values your belief systems your child is here as a sovereign version of themselves and they will be the best version the most resilient version the most truthful version, the most fulfilled version, if they can live in accordance to their own innate human design. So parenting right really has to do with letting go. Am I letting go of these preconceived notions of what I think I need to live based on, to fit in, to belong, to be approved, to be free, to be in my light, to be lovable, to really take rest when I need it, to process my tears when I need it, and allow my child to know that they are safe in doing that very one thing that fills their heart up. Maybe it's jumping in the puddles right now. Maybe it's sitting under the stars. That's what we all innately want, but we don't give ourselves permission because we are so tethered to the cycle of the mind and doing, 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 constantly being on the treadmill which inevitably, right, leads us to the exhaustion, the resentment, the chronic disease, all of that which follows. Yeah, I, um, I completely agree in the fact that, you know, the, I think that in society we look a lot of times like, if I get this, then I'll be, right? If mm. You can fill in those blanks whenever you want to add it to it. You know, if I get this, if I got a new job, I'd be happy. Mm. Right, and then what you find out a lot of times is that it wasn't the job, right? Mm. Or it wasn't uh, if I were, you know, if I marry the right person, then I'll be happy, or then mm. I'll be content. And it, a lot of times it's like we're just looking for things to fill holes in ourselves. In my mind, mm. 
Yeah, you know, and we need to work on those holes first. And you kind of mentioned about being able to transfer that to um, to kids, and that um, you can't pour from an empty cup. I guess would be a good saying, right? Mm. You can't, you can't uh, if you're not working on yourself. It's difficult to transfer to them. Mm. And so, as you get in to start with parents, um, clearly it's a uh, it's a it's an emotional subject, mm. you know, because there's a reflection, and and most. You know, no one, no one really loves to look in the mirror, right? And so, and and deal with the things, and you know, because they look at them as failures instead of learning opportunities. In my mm-hmm. mind, um, you know, and and so I wonder, like, how do you, how do you begin to, how do you begin the journey? Mm. Yeah, that is such a great question because for anybody listening here, everything that I've shared up until now may feel overwhelming. It may feel, no, that's out of reach for me and I just want to get out of this conversation and go back to what I've normalized, my patterns, my struggles, my belief that I'm not enough, that I don't deserve this. And underneath all of this is a deep sense of not feeling enough. We don't feel we are worthy because that's what we have been told based on the advertisements, based on social media, based on the education system, which is really a fear-based system. How can I compare myself to the next? If I don't come home with the straight A's and straight B's, then I am not enough. Everything in our societal um, framework is perpetuating the cycle of not enoughness. We might've been compared to our siblings. We might've been more acknowledged if we came home being, you know, with a gold medal. Oh, well, I just won the last race at school. I did all of those things. So I was very much somebody who had bought into all of those systems. I too believed that I needed to get there. And when I was gazing from the mountaintop that I thought I would, that would really give me the joy, the fulfillment, all of that ease of life that I had been seeking for the first 35 years in my life, I would say, I realized that I had no more fulfillment than I was, than I was standing, than I had had when I was standing on a much lower rung of the ladder. Right, and you've probably seen this statistic when you've achieved a certain level of success, there's no more additional fulfillment that comes from achieving the next threshold of success, right? These are all external outcomes that have been, um, that we've been sold um, a story on really. So going back to your last question as well, that parents are probably the most reactive demographic in the world. And I myself was one of those people. If somebody even wanted to talk to me about parenting, I was highly triggered because I was exhausted. I was depleted. I felt like I was, again, I was buying into the story of self-sacrifice. So I was putting everybody before me. And as a result, it was really hard to get into the work. It was really hard to face myself. I was defended. I would be the first to say, no, I've done X, Y, Z, and I'm doing everything as best as I can. And don't tell me what to do and I know what's right, right? We've seen a lot of parents stand with that conviction and I have deep compassion for them and for where I was because I know we're not taught these things. We're taught to close off, hide our vulnerabilities, not tell people that we need support, that we want support, that we need a village. And this concept of village is has so quickly disappeared from our Western world, where we stand as islands, as we keep to our nuclear families. So really the very first step is sitting with yourself, learning to sit with yourself, learning to sit with the discomfort, 
And this is why so much of the recent months has given us an opportunity to come into our deeper work if we're willing, not distract, not reach for the bag of chips and the bottle of wine, you know, at every turn of discomfort, but really sit with ourselves. Give ourselves the 10, 15 minutes even in the morning to ask yourself, Ashley, how are you doing? How are you really doing in this moment? Are you okay? Do you feel supported? Do you feel loved? Do you feel that you're enough? And if not, where can you turn to? Are you willing to call in the help that you may need of those people who have walked the journey, who may just be a few steps ahead of you and have figured a couple of things out that may be here to um, show you, able to show you where you've got your blinders on, what you're not seeing. And don't get me wrong, this is really for the long game. This is not a quick fix, let's hear a couple of things and just change our belief systems overnight. This is really something that we need to practice over and over and over and dismantle over time because it is uncomfortable. And we need people in our space that can remind us that it's okay to do these things. We're not a failure because we don't know what is beyond this very mental realm that we've you know, been living in for a very long time. So I would say the first piece is to sit with yourself. And as we say, it's the pause, the process, and then the play or the practice out in the real world. But it's really the, pro the, the pausing part of it. Sit with yourself and ask yourself, how am I actually doing? And it's with this awareness that we start to get the courage to say, yeah, I've got, I've got something that's not in alignment for me. And now I'm ready to take the next steps. And there's a whole number of next steps, but that's really where it begins, is in the awareness of the fact that I am not living in alignment with who I actually am. That's a great answer. Um, and, a, and, a, and a big concept um, to, to, to pull together. Um, you know, I'm just kind of listening and I've, I've, like my brain is going you know, on, 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 on hyperdrive as we're talking through these things. And so um, I think about these things, um, I, I even, just to even bring it down a, a much, a, to a much smaller level, you know, I have an Apple watch and it's just a small thing, but it has a little breathe app and it randomly pops up, you know, and it says, spend 60 seconds breathing, you know, another thing is that long. And so you close your eyes and it goes, doo -doo 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 -doo, and you're breathing in as it's doing it and you go out and like, I can't even tell you just taking a minute, mm. unless taking like 50, like just taking a minute, the way it shifts, the way there's, if there's anxiety in the day, if there's uh, not, if I'm not clear, clear and I don't have clarity on what I want to accomplish, like just that one step of saying, mm. okay, stop, think about where you're at. And a lot of the things that are on my mind constantly, they literally get flushed out and they go away because I'm like, they're not important. Right. You know, and we get back to what really is, and uh, and I look at it as a as a piece of appreciation. You know, mm. I, I call it an appreciation minute in my head because I stop, I close my eyes, I think about things that I'm appreciative, and then my view of the world literally can change in one minute. Right. Yeah, that's beautiful, isn't it? Powerful. The things that we already have in front of us, the breath, which really drives our our life force, right? Our prana, our chi energy. This is really the fuel by which we navigate through the world. This is, and you so beautifully put it before we got on, um, that setting intention to how we live is so important. So just by you having that breathe up on your phone and actually taking that seriously enough to spend that minute 
diving into your breath to connecting to gratitude, that in itself will result in a different outcome. Because as I always say, what you create is defined by how you've created it. So in reverse, how you create is what you create effectively. So if you're creating with intention, if you're creating with purity, if you're creating with open-heartedness, if you're creating with a belief that you are worthy, naturally the outcome will change of that very thing. So I love that you're saying that. And you know, whether it's a minute connecting with your breath, whether it's a minute staring into the sun with your eyes closed and just taking in the energy of the sun, maybe it's a minute sitting on your grass and really just letting go, letting go of the pressures of the day, of the constant mental chatter that we that may be going through our minds, and just allowing nature to hold you, yeah. recognizing that it is here to support you. Maybe it's a minute of dropping everything and just having like a laughing fit with yourself, whether it's organic or not, but really sitting with that. Maybe it's a minute of looking at yourself in the mirror with an eye gaze, right? So there's so many beautiful techniques and it's also important to consider the other side of this is that we have a whole belief system underneath that that's also very important to investigate because that belief system is so deeply rooted as we've talked about those grooves run so deep in our mind in our subconscious in our cellular imprinting that it's really important to start digging at the root level so these practices are all great and I think our Western world has been sold on a lot of this for temporary relief. And it's wonderful. And the practice does eventually accumulate into more, but it is so important that we go deeper as well. Yeah, I agree. The, um, you know, we talked about intentionality and I think it's a really important thing um, to understand that uh, with kids, especially for me and my observations and my kids and things like that's generally one of the first questions I ask them. If, the, if, you know, if you walk around the corner and, you know, there's a huge thing of, you know, milk on the floor and they're yelling and the dog's going crazy and, and they're like, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, what are you trying to do? And they were like, I was trying to make myself cereal. Mm. I honestly am like I'm like okay I'm like let's just talk about what went wrong like you're not in trouble like let's right. let's talk about what you're trying to do you know and so I think a lot of times we have to take a step back to do right. those things because you know I was on that same treadmill I was mm. seven, I was 60 to 70 hours a week for seven mm. years and I started mm. two months before my daughter was my first child was born so mm. it had been wow. my whole life right and I consciously took the the piece of okay if I I and I end up getting trapped right I had to work the hours mm. I wish the, the the second I had sold the company I started going to the gym mm. and I just spent an hour away you know mm. and, and and um I found that my brain was producing so much more information mm. and I always felt like I needed to be there for my, my staff because if I went away that something could happen. And I just found out that like, if I just took it away, put some air, uh, some, you know, some earbuds in my hair and my ears. And I started just listening to something and I let my brain just work and my body just zone out that I was actually really upset that I wasn't doing that for years mm. because I think I would have furthered the business quite a bit more not being in it right right you know? and, and it kind of goes to what we we're talking about with what you're saying you know where you've got to step back and let your let yourself fill yourself up right yeah I'm with you whether that's with joy right the the gym the workout in itself and I used to be a long distance runner and 
you know, the dopamine rushes were, were beautiful. They were the same sort of rushes that we get staring at technology and getting the work done. But the truth is it's also revitalizing our physical vessel. It's also revitalizing, you know, the life flow that, that's going through us. It's revitalizing us on so many levels. And in our space, we talk a lot about integration. Because what happens is so often we're sold on this notion of we need to work harder, we need to do more. And the same applies to growth, right? Growth and healing and success in this world of personal development. And this is what we had committed to at Raising Humanity is how can we build pauses in between the work? Because so often you get into this online program, you go to this retreat, and you're never really off, right? You wanted to get ahead, do more, gather the knowledge, gather the intellectual accumulation of, of, of somebody else's wisdom and believe that you've got it figured out. But the truth is, if it's not lived in your body, and that's why the experience of it is so important, if it doesn't move through your body, it will not be retained, right? You may retain a little bit of that intellectual knowledge. Maybe it's two, three, five, 10% at best, right? If you're a visual learner and you've got visuals in front of you, you may just return, return to that each time you're kind of at that fork in the road. But the truth is for it really to stay in your body, for those neural pathways to be rewired, you actually need to go through the experience of elevating your vibration, coming into a different sensation. So what you've exemplified there is a beautiful example of allowance, of freedom, of the ability to believe that you are worthy of taking that time away, of trusting that your staff is okay, of knowing that, yeah, like you've already identified, that when your cup is full, you have more to give from the overflow. So all of these principles are incorporated into such a simple act of taking an hour away and simply doing a workout. You know, the right? world didn't crash. The world didn't crash. It was no, exactly. It was still okay without me. The exactly. The world just went on all on its own without, without, uh, without Cody. It was, it was a beautiful thing. You know, and it always it, will, right? Yeah. When we recognize the interconnectivity of it, the universe is here for us. It's always got our back. Others are always willing to put focus and intention in the same direction that we intend to go in if we're clear, if we're pure, if we're showing up with an open heart. So it goes back to, again, what we had initially talked about is, is your intention here? Is your intention to create from the right place? Or is your intention to drive towards financial accumulation at the cost of everybody else. Because if it's the latter, then chances are you may run into obstacles, into hurdles over and over and over. And Cody, what I love about what you said is you also acknowledge that these other pieces in your life were also lessons. They were also reflection points. And the way I see them is that they are launching pads, right? Everything that we've done up until this point, we don't necessarily need to regret. I have no regrets because it all taught me those things that are not in alignment for me anymore. They may have felt in alignment with a lower vibrational frequency once upon a time, but now I'm operating at a different level. I trust more. I allow more. I'm more free. I'm more deserving. I'm, I'm feeling that I'm more enough. And as a result, everything comes into my life in much more abundant ways. And I, uh, you know, we talked a little bit offline before we started, and I said my two favorite words were intentionality and paradigm, right? And so I like to talk about paradigm quite a bit, but the world didn't change just the way you looked at it did, 
right? And so you can control that. And so I think a lot of times as, as an adult and then as uh, parents and we get on these treadmills and we start running so fast and we kind of feel like we're out of control. Mm. It's like, you got to get in, you know, I got to get this. I got to get, it's just a checklist of stuff that never ends, you know, and you got to mm. get this done and got to get that. And I got to look this way. I got to meet these people. I got to do this stuff. And like, honestly, if you just take a break and stop, Mm. you'll realize that you have the control of how you do the things that you see. Mm. You, do. you know, I talk with my kids a lot about, um, you know, they'll say, well, I have to, I have to go do this. I'm like, you get to go do that. You know, mm. and they say, I can't do this. And I said, well, how do you do that? You know, how do mm. I do that? And then I think words have big, powerful meanings when with very small changes and the perception of the way that we, we perceive the world. Right. I, I love that you made such beautiful conscious shifts with your children, even after being on the treadmill, because it would have been easy to have just given up and say, well, the damage is already done. I've misled them. I haven't been there for them. And this is also a chance for us to remind any parents that are listening right now is it's never too late. I mean, we have parents come into our program that have kids in their 20s and 30s and 40s, and it's incredible what these parents are committing to, because they now recognize that they don't need to live in this guilt and shame and resentment and struggle for the rest of their lives. They can actually shift themselves, their inner landscape, like you said, their perspectives of how they relate to themselves and how they relate to the world outside of them. And that naturally, organically shifts their relationship with their children. Because what's happening there, and I think this is a really important piece that we've been talking about for months at Raising Humanity, especially since we've moved into COVID, is what really is within your control is how you see yourself and how you relate to the world. Now, that was given to you in your very early years, but now you have a chance to really determine that for yourself by, again, going through your inner self, your, your self-inquiry, I should say, really digging in the trenches and understanding what beliefs are there and then repatterning the, patterning the beliefs that we live with. So, um, I think it's really, really critical that we talk to children as we would talk to ourselves in saying that we really do have a choice. No, we can't control all of the external circumstances, but that's not even our job. Our work is really to ask ourselves, am I willing to appreciate? Am I willing to show gratitude to? Am I willing to see that whatever is happening in my life is happening with reason? that it's here to show me something, as you've mentioned, right? That it's not an obstacle, but it's an opportunity. Yeah. And we, when we start shifting our relationship with the ongoing events in our life, we really see that it is here for us. You mentioned the time that we're in right now with COVID and, um, you know, I would say that the, the I, I try to find positives when I look at situations, right? And one mm -hmm. of the things that I have seen more than anything is, you know, I know a lot of parents is that they didn't have time to be with their kids. They didn't have, time, or they were just running, you know, they look like they're on the treadmill, right? That's a good word we keep using, but they were just going, 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 going. And then they were kind of forced to be home. Mm. I, in my neighborhood, so I live in Florida. So we've been outside a lot, right? Cause it's, it was like, you know, spring break time for us. Right. And, and then, so it's warm and everything else. I have seen more parents walk. I, I started running with my six-year-old. Mm, we started doing I a mile that. and then we did two miles and then last time we went three miles with a six oh, wow. and we just talked the whole time 
and I have been fortunate enough for the last two years that I consciously was there. Uh, I mean, I've been, I've been, I've already been on quarantine for two years. Like I've been at home. Right, 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 right. It's, yeah. It's our like, natural state, right? Amazing. Yeah. It's, yeah. An, it's amazing. And so, um, but, uh, but I've seen more of that. I've seen more parents riding bikes with their kids mm. and playing catch in the front yard and just realizing that, wait a minute, there was time. Because if you didn't have time before, there's time now all of a sudden because you've just changed the focus and the priority of, right. of that. And, and it became, and I, you know, I hope that that part of this is a mindset shift for mm -hmm. us to slow down because you get one ride, right? You get one ride on the roller coaster. And I hope that the parents that listen to this spend that time to say, okay, you know what? I really enjoyed, you know, cooking with my kids or, mm -hmm swimming with them like take those times and those moments because you don't get a second turn right yeah and recognize how much you're enjoying that too yeah. what is it bringing oh, up for you for me, I, i'm my kids say my, my wife has three three kids because i'm like the first one to get in a nerf gun battle with them and you know and <laughs> throw them in the pool and like i go play with them and it's it's just so enjoyable for me you know? Right, right. <laughs> and and how much more can you create, Cody, from a place of joy? Oh, you create a hundredfold yeah. than what you create when you are in resistance, when you are in struggle, when you are in pain, when you are believing that I'm lacking energy, I'm lethargic, I don't know what to do, I just want to get out and be in the sun. If we just consciously take that break, break away from the cycle of struggle, really, which is what it is, then we can really come into understanding how much that is necessary, right? Dr. Gordon Neufeld, who's an early developmental psychologist, here actually in Vancouver, he talks about these three fundamental needs that we have as children, rest and real rest, right? Where we're not performing, where we could be in the house, but we really have no restrictions on us. We have a safe container in order to explore and just do whatever our heart is desiring in that moment, play. So like real play, expression of self and and just dancing with whatever comes along, right? This is how I wish to be in this moment. Um, and then tears. So really allowing that emotional process to flow. And I really believe, even though his research is really focused on the preschooler, that these are inherent needs of adults as well. Yeah. But the more that those needs have gone unmet in our childhood, the more we'll actually have to lean into them in adulthood. Because so much of us wants to make up for what we missed in childhood, but unknowingly, we're compensating through more work, more busyness, more distractions, more of the mental chatter. We just don't want to let go. You know, I, I lost my dad when I was 19, so I never really got to have mm. the adult conversation, like to go have a beer and mm. sit down and like dig into some fun stories that he couldn't tell me because I was a kid, you know, and all that fun oh. stuff. So like, so I, I you know, I, I have taken the approach with my kids, like I might not get tomorrow, you know, mm. but I want them to oh. remember certain things about me. And so, I have consciously done those things. So I let go with them and I enjoy, mm. I, I enjoy playing catch with my son in the front yard. Like it just lights me up, you know, because uh. that was what I remember with my dad. And so um, I think that uh, what I've been able to kind of shift my mindset around in the last two years is people think I have all the time in the world because I spend eight hours with them and I spend two hours hyper-focused and I get more done in two hours than I used to get done in eight hours mm. because I don't have the time to fill. And so I have to identify what's the most important thing for me to do. And then I get the other side of this to where I get to spend a, just a lot of time doing whatever with them, you know, and they, and they have, uh, they have gravitated to that more than, 
I would have ever have imagined. You know, that's all they really want is to be present. Mm, yeah, that's it, right? That's a lot the of their dysfunction mm-hmm. is created as a result of our disconnection with ourselves. And as a result, their disconnection with, with us. I mean, they can't nurture the connection that they already have. It's already available to them. That's what they are here for. And when we dissolve that connection, they will naturally stray from their very um, um, alive and juicy and and joyful selves. That is the reason that so much of this parent-child relationship is breaking down in our world today. It really comes down to that connection piece. I I don't want to diminish the fact that like everybody can't do exactly what I did. Right. Right. So I'm not, I'm not saying that because I'll be honest with you. When I was working 60 or 70 hours a week, Mm. when anytime I wasn't at my job, I was with Mm. my kids and I Mm. felt that my, even if my hour or my hour and a half or two hours I had with them and throughout the day, maybe a half an hour before I went to work and an hour at night before they went to sleep, I was there. Like I, and, and I think I, I was, I don't think that I missed anything on their side because mm. I, was, I was fully present when I was with them. Mm, I think beautiful. that that's one of the things that we need to focus on is that when we, when we're with our kids, be with them, see them, don't put limits on what they can do. If they think they want to go outside in the backyard and build a rocket ship, go build that rocket ship. Mm. It can be sticks and cardboard with no rocket fuel. And they're mm. going to remember doing that stuff with you. And it says, I think that we can have those impacts. So I do realize that there are people that have already got into the treadmill and it's like, okay, we'll just stop on the treadmill. And like, why well, can't, you know, like right. you're running, right. you can start with how you perceive what you're doing and then start with a plan and back your way into it. Mm. you know it's I think it's really hard light switch to flip because you kind of mentioned that you know like it's a it's a it's a process it's a a process but I think if you 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 know I I like to tell people the chef was a busboy right Mm. Mm. Right? (laughs) you know and so uh you know the NFL player played Pop Warner like he wasn't a good you know he Mm. couldn't play in the NFL when he was five Mm. so like you have to like you have to start you have to take those first steps and I think that um the the most difficult thing and is, is people get in their own way to not take the steps right mm. like I'm going to fail uh you know I want I want to be the chef mm. but I but I, you know I can never be the chef I'm not I'm not as good as a chef you know like mm. I see that with my kids sometimes and so like what I want people to understand is like you just have to start like yeah. it starts to build itself you know yeah. and, and, yeah. and to be present and to, to be conscious of it but just out loud tell yourself you know what I'm gonna be a better parent or I'm going to be more present, or I'm going to put my phone away. Right. Yeah. Putting the phone away is such a big one is when you sit down and I often say to our members who are in our space, it's 10 minutes in the morning, 10 minutes in the afternoon. If you have it, you're not away from your kids at work, 10 minutes in the evening. If you can spend 10 intentional minutes where you are so present, yes, absolutely. Your phone is away. You may set a timer on it just to know that you're not getting sidetracked and, you know, it's already bedtime and you don't realize it, but set 10 minutes initially on your phone as a timer and just sit down with them, go to their level, sit down on the couch, look at them in the eyes. And over time, what you'll see is you just allow them to be in whatever they are feeling in that moment. Maybe it is rage. Maybe you will have to hold space for their emotions but know that that 10 minutes where you have been willing to see them, to love them as they are, to support them, to hear them and to see them, five fundamental needs 
that develop the foundation for children, for us, in believing that we are enough, that those 10 minutes in the morning and the evening, if and when you have it, will be enough for them to realize that they are important to you. They just need one person in their lives who fully believes in them to walk a path of believing enough in themselves. And that's all it takes. That doesn't mean for the rest of the time that you're in their presence, that you're raging at them and telling them that they're the reason that you're feeling the way you are. No, you still take responsibility for that. If you're angry and you're banging the dishes around at dinner time, then you say, hey guys, I've had a really hard day. This is really tough for me. It's not about you. I love you, but mom is just working on herself right now. I had to do that for countless months because I was not in control of my own nervous system. And my nervous system was in flight or fight at all times because yeah. I was still living based on those early beliefs. I'm not good enough. I don't know if I'm safe. I don't know what's happening to me. I still have to work for the love and approval of those outside of me. I don't know if, you know, my survival is compromised in this moment. So those beliefs will keep coming up for us if we don't become intentional about giving ourselves the time and space to love on ourselves throughout the day as we're loving on our children. I think, uh, I think it's okay to give yourself a timeout too, right? Yeah, of course. It's so necessary. It's more necessary. We, I, I don't believe in timeouts for children. I think most of the time they need the time in. They need to reconnect. The only reason why they're kicking off in the, in the restaurant or losing it, you know, when it's dinner time is because they don't feel connected to you. Yeah. There's an unmet need there that hasn't gone identified. And this may have been accumulated, accumulating for weeks, if not months, if not years. Right. So it really is a slow unpacking of everything that we've created. Yeah. I think as a pair of those, you, you, you to hit the reset button, you know, and then I, I brought this up earlier, like the, what's just the breathing of a minute, just start somewhere. Mm. And if you're heading in the wrong direction, take a second, realize that you control your emotionality and your, you control your mentality and stop, right? The dishes will be there, <laughs> mm. you know, they will be there in two minutes. Just mm -hmm. take the time, mental block and restart yourself and hit a reset button and realize you have that. If you need to, if you need to visualize it, I think you should visualize it. If you need to just stop and take some deep breaths for 30 seconds and just realize and let that, that weight on your shoulders go. Cause it's imagined, mm. right? Mm. It's something that we we've made up in our minds and we put this tension in ourselves and no, nobody physically is grabbing your shoulders and pushing you down, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's it. And remembering that it's so deeply rooted in our cellular imprinting, right? It's not a flick of a switch that we can unwind what has had us feel safe for 40 years that pattern that we've dove into to compensate for you know for our limited beliefs and for some of us we go the other way right it's workaholism it's um uh it's working out excessively it's doing things to such an nth extreme that we lose ourselves so what we're also doing in those patterns is we're running away from our true selves we are living as a fragmented version of ourselves. Sure, society may approve of you more as you are that person, but you will feel it deep in your heart that you are unfulfilled, that you are playing a game, that you are not being truthful. So also remember that this notion of not being enough, not having it together, um, not, not living in alignment can look like various extremes. That's a 
big point and um actually we've got to stop there and I, I just <laughs> you talk about this stuff for a while um and so i i really appreciate you coming on and, and kind of deep diving into the psyche behind the i guess the surface symptoms right mm. um and so uh where can money talker listeners find out more about um, the work that you're doing and the options that you have for them to kind of dive in deeper with you. Yeah, thank you. So our website is raisinghumanity.com. You can find all the information on um, our programs there, the Reconnection Project and the Balancing Act, actually, which is a one-month one program. Great start to really, really just just come into the awareness of what you've been living with. Are you setting boundaries? What are you triggered by? What's your relationship with others? So that's all found on the website. You'll also find a lot of blogs. You'll find media um, recordings, interviews like this that may help shed some light on, on what we do here. In the social media space, you will find us on Facebook. Our main village is at Raising Humanity Village on Facebook. That's where we have a lot of our community conversations, bring in expert facilitators, a lot of that, do free forums. Um, on Instagram, we're at Raising Humanity. We're also in a number of different places. We've been promoted and showcased by a lot of beautiful platforms like you. So we are definitely there in the online space and happy to serve in whichever way it resonates with you. And again, the first, the first step is still the first step, right? The first step is going, it's just deciding. Yeah. You know, that's what one of the things that um, I've had people ask me before, like, what would, you, what would you attain success to? And I'm like, deciding, <laughs> action doing something mm -hmm. about it, you know, uh, complaining does nothing, you know, fear does nothing for you. It's, let's get started and get going. Mm -hmm. I think that that's a good idea. And so I really want to thank you for coming on and, uh, and being here with my talker audience. And, uh, we'll, uh, hopefully we've got enough time. We can hop on and get our, uh, high impact series done and how you guys love come check out that episode as well. And, uh, thanks again for coming on. Of course. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to another episode of Money Talkers with me, your host, Cody Laughlin. If you found this episode helpful in your pursuit of financial dominance, it really helps if you make sure to leave a five-star rating and share it with your friends or family members who could use good financial information and entrepreneurial success tips. I invite you to join the Money Talkers community Facebook group. Open Facebook and search for Money Talkers to join today. Follow us on Instagram at the Money Talkers for inspirational mindset posts, encouragement, and investing tips. And remember, the one thing you can do to change your kid's financial future is to start talking about money with them because you are a money talker.